Chapter Fifteen of Bill Nye's Cordwood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bill Nye's Cordwood by Bill Nye. Chapter Fifteen. Bill Nye's Answers to Correspondence. Capitalist, will you kindly furnish your address once more? You must either stop moving about so or leave someone at home to represent you. Nothing is more humiliating to a literary man of keen sensibilities than to draw its side and have the draft return with the memorandum on the back in pencil, gone to the White Mountains, or gone to Lake Elmo on another bridal tour, or gone to Bayfield to be absent several years, or gone to Minnetonka to wait till the clouds roll by. Searcher, Peru, Illinois. Cum grano salis was the motto of the ancients, and was written in blue letters at the base of the shield on a field emerald, supported by a cucumber recumbent. The author is unknown. S. Q. G. McGree's Prairie, Iowa, asks, Do you know of any place where a young man can get a good living? That depends on what you call a good living, S. Q. G. If your stomach would not revolt at plain fare, such as poor people use, come up and stop at our house a while. We don't live high, but we aim to eke out an existence, as it were. Come and abide with us, S.Q.G. Here is where the Prince of Wales comes when he gets weary of being heir apparently to the throne. Here is where Bert comes when he has stood a long time, first on one leg and then on the other, waiting for his mother to evacuate said throne. He bids dull care be gone, and clothing himself in some of my own gaudy finery, he threads a small limerick book through the vitals of a long-waisted worm. As we hie us to the bosky dell, where the plash of the pleasant-voiced brook replies to the turtle-dove's moan, there, where the pale green plush of the moss on the big flat rocks deadens the footfall of whales in me, where the tip of the long willow-bow monkeys with the stream forever, where neither powers nor principalities nor things present or things to come can embitter us, we sit there, young Regina and me, and we live more happy years in twenty minutes than a man generally lives all his whole life socked up against a hard throne, with the eagle eye of a warning constituency on him. It's a good place to come, S.Q.G., quiet but restful, full of balm for the wounded spirit and close up to nature's great North American heart. That's the idea. Perhaps I do not size you up accurately, S.Q.G., you may be a man who does not pant for the sylvan shade. Very likely you are a seaside resortist, and do not care for pants. But I simply say to you that if you are a worthy young man weary with life's great battles, beaten back perhaps and wounded, with your neck knocked crooked like a tom-tit that has run against a telegraph wire in the night, come up here into northern Wisconsin, where the butternut gleams in the autumn sunshine, and the axe-helve has her home. Come where the sky is a dark and glorious blue, and the town a magnificent red. Come where the coral cranberry nestles in the green heart of the yielding marsh, and the sandhill crane stands idly on the sedgy brim of the lonely lake through all the long idle day with his hands in the tail-pockets of his tan-colored coat, trying to remember what he did with his handkerchief. Come up here, S.Q.G., and be my amanuensis. I want a man to go with me on a little private excursion from the Dallas of the St. Croix to the Sault Ste. Marie. I want him to go with me and act as my private secretary and carry my canoe for me. The salary would be small the first year, 
but you would have a good deal of fun. Most anyone can have fun with me. We would go mostly for relaxation and to build up our systems. My system is pretty well built up, but it would be a pleasure to me to watch you build yours up. What I need is a private secretary to go with me and take down little thinklets that I may have thought. You would have nothing to carry but the canoe, a small tent, my gun, and a typewriter. I would carry the field glass. I always carry the field glass because something might happen to it. One time an amanuensis who went with me insisted on carrying the field glass, and the second day he lost the cork out of it, so we had to come back and make a new observation before we could start. You would be welcome, S.Q.G., welcome here in the fastness of the forest, welcome where the resinous air of the spruce and the tamarack would kiss your wan cheek, welcome to the rocky shores of the grand old freshwater monarch, the champion heavyweight of all the great lakes, welcome to the hazy, lazy days of our long, voluptuous autumn, the twilight of the closing year, welcome to the shade of the elms, where the sunshine sneaks in on tiptoe and frolics with the dew and the daisies, Welcome to the sombre depths of the ever-regretful and repentant pines, whose venerable heads are first to greet the day, and whose heaving bosoms hold the night. Come over, S.Q.G. Be my stenographer, and I will show you where a friend of mine has concealed a watermelon patch in the very heart of his cornfield. Come over, and we will show him how concealment, like a worm, may feed upon his damaged fruit. Till then, S.Q.G. Ta-ta! End of section 15. Recording by Philip Gould.